Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. So thank you, God, for who you are. You are our living hope in the good times and the not-so-good times. So this morning, Father God, um, I present my weak, inadequate self, um, but just pray that, Lord, you would um, speak to us this morning. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would present yourself amongst us and, um, and speak and encourage us and point us to you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to introduce my uh, talk this morning by telling you a story. So thank you, Catherine, for introducing that. It's really helpful. Um, I love stories, and I love stories about people. Um, I love to hear people's stories. Um, And I've got quite a few stories that I love to tell. Quite a lot of them are embarrassing, actually. Um, But none involve my family today, just embarrassing myself, so... When I was 24, I was um, living and working in North Tyneside in the northeast of England, and I was uh, working in social housing. And at the same time, I was also doing a university course, um, which I was doing in housing policy and management. And as part of this course, we used to go on field trips around Europe. So we got to see all the classiest bits of Europe, as you can imagine, not. Um, So uh, this one trip, we went to Amsterdam. And to get to Amsterdam, we went on an overnight ferry crossing. Now, I don't know whether any of you have done an overnight ferry crossing, but um, there was a disco on the boat. It was great. There's something like a, a disco on a boat is so cool because somehow it's just so different. Anyway, had a great evening, had a dance, went to the cabin, slept really well. Field trip went really well. Now, on the way back, you probably know what I'm going to say. The trip wasn't so good. Within 10 minutes of getting on the boat, I understood what the phrase meant going green around the gills. I was so ill. Um, I don't travel well at the best of times, but I was not well at all. In the end, I took my duvet from my cabin and uh, lay outside the ladies' loose on a sofa. Um, (laughs) The next morning, um, I can remember trying to recall this event really positively. Well, at least I had a duvet. Well, at least there was a sofa outside the ladies' loos. Well, at least there was a loo. Um, This morning, I want to talk about the subject of lament. Um, It's a subject that we don't talk about often in church, um, and it may seem at odds with the story that I've just told. But what I want to show this morning is, as Christians, we don't just have one response to life's struggles and life's difficulties, but there is a language of lament within the Bible that can really, really help us. I think there's real power in lament. So I don't know where you're at this morning, whether you're thinking, you know, you might think, great, I really want to hear 
about this subject. I'm struggling. This will be really helpful to me. Or you might be thinking, well, life is going really well, and actually, this probably isn't that relevant to me. What I would say is this is relevant to everybody, because all of us in life, at some point, will go through struggle and difficulty. So put it in your back pocket if you don't feel this is for you this morning. But I wish I'd have heard about some of this before some of the trials and circumstances I've been through in life. So I think it's going to be really helpful to us this morning. I just want to give a little bit of context. First of all, why would I talk about lament? Uh, why do I feel it's right to talk about lament? I think the last two years have been really difficult for us. And actually, I do believe we've got to acknowledge that before the Lord. I think it's been a struggle. I don't think any of us have been unaffected. I don't think any of us realised the impact COVID would have. And we've had three lockdowns. Education has been severely disrupted. Work patterns have changed. Our social connections have changed. Church has changed. You know, look around you this morning. It is not the same as how we left it, is it? Um, we're bombarded, aren't we, as we watch the news with the daily death toll, with the number of infections. It's been a really challenging time. And we're not through it, are we? We are, you know, getting through it, but we're not through it. And it could be argued that we're actually going through and have been through a collective trauma. And I started to think about this and really started to unpack it a little bit and started to read through the Book of Lamentations. Now, the Book of Lamentations isn't something we just flick to really easily. Oh, I know, I'll look at the Book of Lamentations. That's a good, easy read. But actually, just started to think about, well, why is the Book of Lamentations in the Bible? What's it doing there? And then um, following the sad loss of Ed, really felt that it was right to talk about lament, actually. Um, because I think as a church family, it is a difficult time, isn't it? And we have to acknowledge that. So what I would say this morning is this is really just an introduction, an overview, if you like, to the subject. I could do a series, actually, as I've started to unpack it. You could easily do a series on lament. But um, this is not a completed work. And this talk is not me talking at you, but this is more me talking with you. Because this is something I'm living as well. We're all living, aren't we? So I hope that you're going to find this really, really helpful. So what do we mean by lament? Now, lament is not a word that is used often in the English language these days. So if you're sitting here or watching online and thinking, what's she going on about? What, what on earth is she going on about? That's fine. Let me just define lament. Lament can be defined as a passionate expression of grief or sorrow or to express sorrow, regret or unhappiness about something. 
I think most of us have had moments like that, haven't we? We live in the not yet of a broken world. Life is not perfect. And lament is the crying out of the soul in this imperfect world between the already and the not yet. Is lament biblical? Is it in the Bible? Yes. Three exclamation marks on my piece of paper. Lament is found throughout Scripture. So it's actually really important that we give it some really serious consideration. So what I'd like to do um, is like to look at Psalm 13. It is a psalm of lament. Um, I don't know whether any of you will know, but over a third of the psalms are actually psalms of lament. So what I thought we'd do this morning, is it up behind me? Um, can we move on to Psalm 13? I thought it might be good to read the psalm together. We don't often read the Bible together, do we? So it'd be good to do that. There's no requirement on anybody to read along. Um, so if you're not comfortable with it, that's absolutely fine. But I just thought it'd be really good to read it together out loud. I'm just going to take a swig of water. We've got it on three slides so that we can all read it. Hopefully it's big enough. <clears throat> How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And we'll come back to that. I'm going to refer back to that psalm a little bit later on. The Book of Lamentations, just going to give a quick overview of some of the laments within the Bible. The Book of Lamentations, there's a whole book given over to lament. It was written following the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem and the uh, destruction and the exile that followed. And it was a really difficult time. I've been reading about some of the background to it, and it's horrific, actually. Some of it I wouldn't even speak on from the front, to be honest. But actually, it's an amazing book because it's not just thrown together. There's, um, there's such a, um, a strong sense of literature. Each line of each poem is so carefully written. The Old Testament character of Job, I don't know whether any of you are familiar with Job. I love the book of Job, actually, because I find it so honest and I find it so comforting. Job um, was a man through no fault of his own, the Bible describes him as blameless and upright, found himself in a real place of suffering. Um, he lost his possessions, he lost his children, diseased, ravaged him. He was left with nothing. And the Bible gives us an account of him lamenting. 
In fact, his friends would discourage him from lamenting, but he laments before God. We've got Hannah. Hannah in her childlessness. And it talks in the Bible about the deep anguish uh, she feels in her soul and she cries out. And then we have in Jesus. Paul says in Colossians 1:17, in Jesus, all things hold together. All the different truths through the Old Testament and the lives of some of these characters and laments come together in Jesus Christ. And in Psalm 22, Jesus finds a vocabulary to express the inexpressible forsakeness of those darkest hours at the cross. There's not enough time to talk about lament in the Bible, but enough to show you that it's there. Biblical lament can be defined as a form of protest, a way to process emotion and a place to voice confusion. And none of this is looked down on, just the opposite. It gives a sacred dignity to suffering. I think we've established, and I hope that we've established really well over the last couple of years, that it's okay to not be okay. And I think um, we have that culture where we can struggle and where we're fine with that. But what about, is it okay to be not okay before God? And as I've read through the Bible and some of the laments through the Bible, I've been really confronted, actually, um, about this topic. That actually do, I really believe it's okay to be my deepest true self before the Lord. I think the Bible encourages real honesty before him. You know, I've reflected on my own prayer life. And isn't it interesting how um, sometimes when we pray, we present our best selves to God? I don't know whether you've ever done that when you've, when you've prayed, but somehow you find yourself just, I don't know, we just do, don't we? I think we con ourselves sometimes. But actually, he just really loves to hear our true honesty. Um, a few years ago, I went for some Christian counselling. I was um, having some issues at the time, just really needed to talk it out with someone. And um, I went to see this lady, and one of the things she said to me was, Vanessa, I want you to write a letter. I want you to write a letter to this person and really express how you feel and your emotion and your anger. Um, and part of me went, yeah, 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 you know. You kind of think, this is a typical counsellor thing to do, isn't it? Write a letter, yeah, yeah, okay. So um, I didn't really do it. And the next time I went back, she confronted me and said, so have you done that letter then? Um, no. Um, so I then realised I had to do the letter. And um, you sit there with a blank sheet of paper and think, how am I going to be really honest, really express some of this stuff? But actually, the words started to flow. Um, it's quite releasing, actually, to be so powerfully honest. 
So I thought that was the end of it. I mean, it, it is a little bit funny. It's a good job we can laugh at ourselves sometimes, isn't it? So um, I wrote this letter and I thought, great, that'll be job done. Tick in the box. I'll go back. I'll show that I've done the letter. She might, like, burn it or something or just say, great. She made me read it out. <gasps> it was the most revealing thing I think I've ever done. I couldn't believe it when she said that. The most revealing thing but yet one of the most powerful things I think I've ever done. But the point I want to make about lament is it seems really negative, but somehow it's one of the most powerful things we can do. You might think lament is the opposite of praise, but it isn't. It's the path from heartbreak to hope. Somehow the honesty and the pouring out of ourselves before the Lord brings transformation. There's a theologian called Walter Brueggemann. Some of you might be familiar with him. And he's written an influential essay on the costly lack of lament within our churches. He argues that um, it's something that we should be doing, but the church often doesn't recognise that well. And he talks about how we go through different seasons in life. And I hope that you find this helpful. Um, talks about three different seasons. Now, you might want to close your eyes for this if you want to concentrate. Um, if you want to keep them open, that's fine. But he, first of all, he talks through a season of orientation. So if you can imagine yourself on a boat on the sea... Um, it's actually, don't refer back to my ferry crossing, or maybe refer back to the first ferry crossing, okay? The one where things are gentle and calm, not the disco, just the boat. Um, so life is going along okay, you know, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit rocky, but generally things are quite calm. Season of disorientation refers to situations in our life when life... Um, Sorry. Imagine the sun. This is a season of disorientation. So using the same imagery, imagine the sun suddenly disappearing as dark clouds blow in. From the distance comes a strong wind creating waves, big and violent ones. The serenity is suddenly shattered. We're not sure we'll make it. There's no guarantee. And so we hold on to our boat clinging on for dear life, drenched by the waters crashing against us. Our seasons change as our responses do, but God remains our God. He's our God not only when we're okay, but also when we are not okay. And I do think this season of disorientation can really throw us because I think in a season of disorientation, we so quickly want to be reorientated that it's, it's, it's a struggle, isn't it? And sometimes I think we just need to feel some disorientation and some sadness. But try telling someone that you're sad. Um, as I've been kind of having conversations with people the last couple of weeks, 
Um, you know, I do throw things out a bit, a bit cheeky, really. But try telling someone that you're sad. The first thing they want to do is make it okay and fix it and try and give a positive spin on it. And, of course, it's right to be positive. We want to be positive. But sometimes we just do feel sad and we do feel disorientated. We've just moved house um, and the question is, are you settled? Are you settled? And, and the truth is, actually, I feel quite disorientated by the move, you know, because it takes time, doesn't it? I think the key thing is, though, is that we orientate ourselves towards God. We can be sad and feel disorientated, um, but actually we need to orientate ourselves towards the Lord. And Tim, when he spoke a few weeks ago so eloquently and so timely to us from Psalm 88, it's about directing our thoughts, our issues, our concerns towards him. And this is what I think the Psalms of Lament are really helpful. And that's Psalm 13, because it starts off by unpacking how long, O Lord, but by the end of the psalm, it talks about his love. There is something that happens when we get so honest before God that actually it turns us around. I think there's a real cost in not lamenting. I think um, sometimes we can push a lot of things down or we can cover things up, can't we? Just think about lockdown. Think about lockdown one, two, three. How much cake did you eat? I ate a lot of cake. <laughs> I don't think I've got, I've, I've got fit enough following the cake, actually. I'm still eating a lot of cake. I think I've got into a really bad habit on that one. Um, but actually, in all seriousness, we can self-medicate, can't we? Cake, alcohol, if we're really honest... You know, did we drink too much to cover up some of the pain? Um, there are lots of things we can do, but there, you know, I think in life, issues are always there, aren't they? We just cover them up and don't deal with them. But if we don't deal with stuff, we push it down, and at some point, it will come back up. And actually, as we're emerging out of this season, I think some of the effect of lockdown is still coming out. We are still having an effect. It, and it's important that we deal with it well. And it's important that we deal with it well before the Lord. So my encouragement really would be this morning, if you're in that place, then please, please know that you can be honest before God. I think God really encourages it. I also want to be really practical this morning. You know, we talk about, well, that's great. How do I actually do it? Well, interestingly, the first word in the book of Lamentations is the Hebrew word ekar. I've probably pronounced that really badly. Apologies. Um, but it means how. So I think it's really important how we do it. Space. We need to create space in our lives, don't we? Uh, this will look different for all of us. 
Um, if you're in a season where you've got children, <laughs> young children, it's not easy, is it? But maybe find an hour um, where you can do this. Some of us are blessed with a bit more time. Um, maybe you can take half a day, something like that. But we've got a diary in. Space does not just happen. Uh, we're often busy people. Whether we're doing the right things being busy is, is another discussion. But diary it in. I found it really helpful to journal. So this <laughs> is my lament journal. Um, Paul, you'll have to burn this if anything happens to me because I really wouldn't want anybody reading it. Um, but actually, I've, I go through phases, don't know about you. Sometimes um, I'll, I'll pray just um, out loud and I find that really beneficial. At the moment, I find journaling really helps me. Just to be brutally honest, um, you might want to... I'm not that creative. You could write a song. Um, you could draw, go for a walk, however you want to do it. I'd also encourage you just to be really honest as well. Get into a space where we can be really honest is really hard. We'll put it off and put it off, but it's so worth it. And also, if you're brave enough, share it with someone. You don't need to let them read it unless you're really brave. Um, but just tell someone you're on this journey. Say, actually, I'm struggling a bit here. Uh, would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? I found a brilliant little resource. I've got some available with me. How to Lament. This is a resource from the Bible Society. It's a really great little booklet. You can also find it online. And it uses Psalm 13, which I think is really helpful. So um, step one, call out to God. Step two, tell God about your pain. Step three, ask God for help. Step four, affirm your trust in God. So I'll just show it. It's a great little booklet. Um, so that will be really helpful if you're in a place where you want something really practical. I'm so thankful that God included lament in the Bible. Some of the examples I've used, I hope, show us that there's a language, there's a pathway. And it fills me with great hope. In all honesty... Where else can we go? When things are truly dark, when things are truly difficult, where else can we go? Where else can we be truly accepted? All laments tend to start self-focused. My will, my problem, my questions. But as we surrender our pain to him, God shifts our focus so that we begin to look Godward, your will, your goodness, your purpose, your sovereignty, and it also leads otherwards as well. God's healing work in our lives is always meant to benefit others. What kind of God do we have? And this seems to be the central question of all laments. Is this a God who sits in some distant location, far removed, choosing to keep his people in the dark while they suffer? 
Lament declares that we have a God who hears, a God who sees, a God who opens our eyes to see him, a God who calls us by name, a God who invites us into his purposes for the world. Even when we are far from where we should be, even when we are facing the worst, God is close. There's real hope and there is real power in lament. Do the band want to come back up? I've asked the band to play. It is a song that we've done um, a couple of times. It's, it's a song that they've recommended. But I didn't want us to feel this morning that we've got to sing. Because sometimes that can be a pressure. If you want to sing, absolutely fantastic. You carry on and sing. But if you want to just sit back and receive, then just sit back and receive. I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Thank you, God, that you love us, that you hear us, that there is a language of lament, that we can be deeply honest before you. Father God, I pray for everyone here. Whether they're feeling great, I pray that this is something they'll store in their back pocket and maybe look at at another point. Thank you that it's helpful to us, whatever stage we're at. But Lord, I pray for those who are struggling and need to learn to lament. I pray, Lord, that you would help us all in this language, in our honesty before you. And I pray this morning for those who maybe don't know you or um, feel that you're far away or quite distant from their suffering. Pray, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself, that you would presence yourself to us and teach us, God, how to lament, teach us how to be truly honest before you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, check out our website www.amblecotechristiancentre.org.uk.